Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Before we get on with the podcast, I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing, www.sosclothing.co.uk. Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out. Because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15. B-E-A-T-1-5. And that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk Official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track podcast. Let's get back to that podcast. Hello, and 
and welcome to the Last Dance Radio Show. I'm your host, Stu Whiffin. My co-host, Josh Weller, can't make it today. He's got back from America and he's a poorly boy. But it doesn't matter because sitting opposite me now is photographer, filmmaker. Filmmaker. DJ. DJ. All round nice gentleman. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Mr. Dean Chalkley. Oh, hello, everybody. How you doing? All right. How you been? Oh, busy, man. It's been good. Do you know what? It's lovely to sit here, though. Yeah. As I'm sitting here now, I'm just going to explain the scene. Okay. There's a man sitting in front of me. That'd you, be me. Stripy top on. Yes. It's a lovely summer's day. It is. North London. Yeah. Outside the Boogaloo Bar. Uh, I mean, what could be better? You got a bit of history here, you told me yesterday? That's right, yeah. We used to do a club here called Shake at the Boogaloo. Right. And I think we did it for about ooh, four and a half years or something like that. And it was really a, a popular night and really popular and fun and exciting. And we used to play... Mainly sort of rhythm and blues, funk, soul, um, whatever we wanted to play. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the guest DJs that I uh, invited on to um, the night consequently became really good friends. And lots of old friends also come up from places like South End. Mm-hmm. I'd get people with really great record collections to come up and play their stuff and give them the ability to put their music out sure. there. And, and I think that's, you know, like radio stations, like, like this is so, why it's so important, radio stations, that, like what we're in now. Yeah. It's, it's just getting stuff out there to people, just broadening yeah. uh, the, the kind of um, the horizons and stuff like that musically. And so, so we, we, a lot of the time, you're kind of like evangelists in some sort of way, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You are, you're kind of uh, c- crunching your way through the sort of a jungle of mediocrity or something, you know, it really is. But a lot of the, Music, for example, the stuff we would play at Shake um, and other clubs like Black Cat and Soulbox and stuff that we've done since then. Um, it's it's music that people don't necessarily know, yeah. but it's intoxicating in its rhythms, and so you can't help but dance to it, really. So you, you mentioned Southend there, so we, we will discuss this as this this show sort of unfolds. But um, we do know each other from we're both from that neck of the woods. Um, you spend lots of time in your formative years in the, the club that I run yeah, that's um, right. out there. And you've, you've also guested on the Hardcore Listing podcast. That's um, right. Which I do. So we've, uh, we've discussed, well, you discussed creativity on that. And the, and the feedback that we got from that was, was absolutely amazing. And, and both Chris and I, when you left, like, you fired us up. <laughs> it, it was really good, mate. Like, was, wasn't it one of the longest shows in history? <laughs> it, was it, it might have actually been the only three-parter. Because you, uh, <laughs> just to sort of point out, should you want to go and listen to the, the, the Hardcore Listening Podcast, um, guests pick a top five, um, whether that be sandwiches or films or whatever, and then they count down their top five. You just done top five things you like. <laughs> so it was quite open-ended, really, wasn't it? And we went in, and it was, uh, yeah, about three hours later, we come out. And, uh, and I felt we could have gone on as well. Uh, well, it was, a, you know, it was, it was in the pink toothbrush. It was. Well, it? So that's, you know, for those who don't know, that's where Stuart, uh, that's his, uh, you know, mothership. It is. And, um, I mean, we've got to say just a very quick hello to Darren. Yes. Who DJs at, at the club. Yeah. How long has he been DJing there for? Uh, oh, oh, I've been there 27. He must have been there 31. Yeah, and that guy has really um, introduced so many people yeah. to, to to brilliant music. And it's so like it's rowdy. It's a rowdy place, isn't yeah. it? But also historically, it it's a place where um, certainly. I mean, I've seen people like Ice T, the um, the Jungle Brothers, BDP, all those great hip hop acts. I've even seen bands like the Prisoners. Um, I didn't see Blur, but they did play mm-hmm. there. Uh, Gary Clay, loads and loads of stuff. Uh, 
and it's in Rayleigh. Yeah. Which is a small, kind of quiet town. Definitely. Near Southend, probably yeah. about 10 miles, 11 miles away from yeah. Southend. And it's an unlikely location for all of those people that I just mentioned to be performing, really. With a ridiculous name. And it's a tiny little doorway in, and it's a slightly smelly, sticky dance floor, kind of damp, carpeted, square, sweaty box. Yeah. With iced tea on stage, it makes no mm. sense, does it? No, not yeah, really. Yeah, somehow it's uh, it's still going and it's it's held its own. And well, uh, we're just rewinding a little bit as well because when that particular gig. Um, me and my mates got there early and we was walking up Rayleigh High Street and we saw this incredibly glamorous woman uh, in the high street she totally like she'd been beamed down from another planet really because yeah. Rayleigh High Street is well you, you know you might get some mobility scooters nowadays yeah. it's a little bit quiet really, yeah. really very much so <laughs> I mean it has its lively moments of course but uh, you know it's, it's a quiet thing and this lady was there and it turned out to be uh, I think her name was Darlene who was that his then wife then wife cover star of power cover star of power when when he came on stage he had a big bottle of champagne and he showered the audience with it it was a show it was him and the rhyme syndicate so that was all his b-boy kind of brothers really yeah yeah really good well that is really good but what's really sad is Dean um, the world's ending this evening oh no yeah Yeah. so um, it's alright we're going to have a good day yeah. Um, and you're going to get to pick the records to see this day out. And I'm going to throw a few in. Yeah. Um, I mean, when it does end, how do you want it to end if you could choose? Well, I think in a calm and peaceful sort of way, <laughs> rather than a violent, horrible sort of way. Sure. Um, you know, if, if I'm being honest. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Maybe like a gentle bathing with some sort of light. You know, yeah. It would be quite nice. Just, just you know, gently going to sleep and not waking the, up. Yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of romantic vision of it, I suppose. You can have that, mate. All right. But, so, as it stands, we're going out. So, we're going to get ready. Um, so, you're at your house. And you can have a shower. Yeah. Do you sing in the shower? Uh, I sing in my head. I don't really, I'm not an out loud singer. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I'm not really. But I sing in my head a lot. Right. Uh, so, but I think this is a peculiar night we're talking about. This is the night before the world ends, isn't it? Sing out loud. So you can do whatever you like. And yeah. there's also these other little dimensions, these little facets that are going to come in mm-hmm. to make you think about things a little bit differently to okay. your normal Saturday night or Friday night, I think. Of course. So I would suggest I probably would sing out loud. All right. Um, whilst you're doing this, what are you singing along to? So, well, I'd be there in the shower, water, pouring. So, well, of course, it'd have to be Koji Radical's water. Okay. That's what it would have to I've be. got Mysterious Girl by Peter Andre written down here. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Tell me about Koji Radical because I don't know too much. Mm. Well... Once again, it's the it's the power of uh, the power of radio. So uh, one one time I was sitting in my office and uh, I was listening to Giles Peterson's radio show, and he played three tracks back to back from Koji Radical. Mm-hmm. I'd not have heard of him before, and I just thought they were so so engaging and challenging. What he was saying, the way he was saying it, was was incredible. And so he comes from a spoken word background, but he's a rapper. Uh, polymath, you could say, because he's an artist in, mm-hmm. in all dimensions. Um, but his, it's just his approach and his um, consciousness, and uh, you know how intelligent he is. But also, he 
galvanise people, bring, bring, brings people together. And it's part of a, a journey that he's on now as well, I think. So when I heard that stuff um, on Giles' show, I was so taken with it. And it's only happened a few times in my life, really. You know, sometimes I've been driving along, I hear a track, I've got to pull over, listen to it. But that definitely happened with Koji. And so I went to, um, after that, I went to Jocks and Nerds magazine Mm -hmm. and I showed Marcus um, about Koji. He hadn't heard of him. And Marcus was like, well, you know, do you fancy, you know, maybe we could line a shoot up and do some shots with him. And so we did that. And I met Jenna, who is uh, Koji's um, PR. And, you know, it was just a really, really nice thing. We did did some shots. We got on well. And then, so so then Marcus actually at the magazine said, oh, what about doing maybe something like an interview with uh, Koji, but as a, as a sort of moving image thing. And I, and I was like, mm, could do, but mm, I, I think I'll think about it. And so then I spoke to Koji about it, popped round, chatted to him a few times around his house and just worked on this idea of creating a thing. It's not a pop promo, it's just a thing. It's a short film. Um, and then I spoke to my friend Kieran O'Shea, a guy called uh, Pedro Rivera, who's a... Uh, um, uh, DOP and so I gathered together a group of people and I made a, a short film um, and I was you know really pleased how it came out and it's it's just kind of Koji expressing how he finds a kind of creative solace in a place near where he lives and I mean there's the whole history and depth in the, the Hoxton area that I never knew about either you know it's like a lot of the buildings around there are either named after Shakespearean or Dickensian things because Shakespeare and Dickens, that's where they frequented in them times. And, uh, you know, funnily enough, it was the place where people, even, like, historically, they would walk from from um, the city to Islington and it was a bit of an edgy place to walk through. A lot of people would kind of, uh, you, yeah. you had to keep your wits about you. It was like marshland sort of, yeah. uh, uh, you know, and then it grew up, there was these paths and stuff like that. Um, but there's a whole theatricality and a sort of um, the spoken word is really vital in that. And Koji grew up there. That's where he lives, you know. And so um, that clearly distilled down into his persona. And so what we did is we went to a place on the Arden estate, which for him is where he kind of goes to, to seek this sort of creative refuge in a way when he's feeling yeah. in a particular way. Um, but, you know, consequently, it's, uh, yeah, he's, in, he's ascending like mad. I mean, really crazy. Uh, he's so good. You've really got to listen to him. He's, he's, he's just brilliant. Um, is that film out there for people so, to see? So it is, but in a selective sort of way. So it's not online. Um, I've showed, I showed it, first of all, through the Dock and Roll Film Festival. Uh, we showed it at the Photographer's Gallery. And then um, in that screening, we showed it twice, and then I did a Q&A with Koji. Um, and then someone from the VNA asked if I'd show it at the VNA. And so um, I agreed to do that. So we showed it at the VNA. And then we showed it at the Southend Film Festival just last weekend. Yeah. And it's also going to be screened at the We Out Here um, festival, the, you know, Giles Peterson's mm-hmm. festival that's coming up. So it's very much like putting it out in a selective way. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, it might make its way online, but just for the moment, it's just kind of better to show it in a kind of environment that yeah. you want it to be sh- shown and connected to. 
Okay. Should we have some... Should we play it? Yes, please. Let's and Mahalia's it. on here as well, who is another brilliant artist. She features on this track. Okay, and this is Walter by Koji. <laughs> If we take this on, then we will lose it all. That's Walter by Koji Radical, chosen by today's guest, Mr. Dean Chalkley. You are listening to Boogaloo Radio. You can follow us on Twitter, on Boogaloo underscore radio, Instagram, Boogaloo Radio. Why not email in our producer Meg on at uh, hello at boogalooradio.com or better still, go to uh, Boogaloo Radio and download the app. Right, Dean, you've got, you're out of the shower. You've popped your pants on, mate. Yep. And, <laughs> Dried uh, off. Yep. But now you've got to do your barnet. Yeah. And uh, and so you've got your amp, you got your, your hairbrush. Yeah, very important. Little, it is. Very it is. important. In rock, in, particularly in rock and roll. Absolutely. You know, got to do your hair properly. Um, so you can have a little sing-song with your hairbrush yeah. as you're getting ready in the well, mirror. So, so uh, you know, if anyone knows me or, uh, yeah. you know, at all, whatever, or, you know, whatever, where I'm coming from and stuff, that first choice of record... Actually, to some people, might be like, what's this? I thought yeah. you just like rhythm and blues and yeah. northern soul and yeah. things like that. But, you know, I'm, I've got a very broad taste and, yeah. and, I, and I welcome and gather everything along. But this next, um, this ne- next track is probably bang on what people might think <laughs> yeah. I like. Uh, as soon as I was going through them, I just thought, of course he chose that. Of course he chose it. So this, even though some, to some people this next record might be, uh, you know, the, like one of the, top 10 you could say inverted commas mod tunes whatever that means uh it, it's a broad church as eddie pillar might say um but some people might think this is a, a mod tune but really if you listen to it this has got everything about culture and subculture and all that sort of stuff it's embodied this is almost like the first punk rock record even though it's not really attached to that yeah. scene if you like if you listen to the lyrics and as a young person listening to this record when I first heard this record, yeah. probably was also connected to a film that, um, you know, I'll tell you what it is in a minute. But <laughs> anyway, the point is, uh, when I first heard this, and when you really listen to it, it's so engaging, it's dynamic, it's, it's like a stick energetic, of, it's like hell. a stick of dynamite yeah. in your pants, you know. I, I listened to it yesterday, um, and I've heard that song hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, and, and, and I adore it. Yeah. And the minute it started, and that snare. Yeah drops i was literally playing air drums straight away and yeah. i was like it's it's the energy of that record but but also it's that kind of uh the guitar and the f- distortion and feedback yeah. now apparently something like the beatles or something might have might have kind of in- popped that down on a recording before but this is one of the first times that that kind of you know energy was felt through the guitar and it's there's there's a lot of angst involved in this this yeah. song, which is shall I tell them? Of course, <laughs> of course. So bearing in mind, I've got my hairbrush in my hand. Yep. The who, anyway, anyhow, anywhere. The Who, any way, anyhow, anywhere. I had to read that because I'm not going to get that around the wrong way. <laughs> Easily done. Um, who been a big thing for you? 
Yeah, they, you know what, they, ha- they really have. But strangely, the small faces have in an in a equal way. But yeah. the, for that particular record, it just had to be that particular one. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, the Who have been a, really, a, a, a real big influence. And, and I think it's not only the direct influence, but it's the ripple effect that it has reaching out. The, the film I was actually talking about was The Kids Are All Right. Yeah. Um, uh, which was a, a, almost like a compilation of mm. a lot of clips, including the, the famous one where Keith Moon loaded the drum kit up with uh, explosives, didn't yeah. it? Like t- twice, um, twice the amount of what yeah. it should have been, and it nearly blew Pete Townsend's eardrums out. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so when they was in America. I mean, it's a good film to watch, though. Keith Moon and explosives sounds like a really bad idea, doesn't it? Yeah. Did you know that, did you know, small fact, Keith Moon used to live in Highgate Village for a time. Keith Moon. Oh, really? Yeah. You know where Tesco's is now? I do. So apparently, used to be a um, used to be a car sales room, and he used to live above it. Right. There are some pictures online where you can see him and his, I think, then wife uh, at looking. You can sort of see the window behind him, and you can make out that it's a, it's the right architecture mm. and everything. So yeah, but that's check it out everybody. Yeah. So. Only for a time, but I'm not sure he was that happy. I take it you've got a whole book full of nerdy anorexic facts about the I can't help it. (laughs) But you amass these things, don't you? You know, along the way. I I suppose I'm a. I've got a very bad memory, though. Okay. I'm good on opinion, not very good on facts. Yeah. So bear that in mind, everybody, when I'm telling you about this stuff. It's, well, mo- mostly your, your life's documented in photographs, which is, which is useful, I guess, if <laughs> your memory's not up to much. Breadcrumb trail. I, the, the only who fact that someone only ever told me was on substitute. And I think it's before the the last. The, the, I think it's the last chorus when it sort of breaks down, and then Moon does an insane roll, mm. and his scream is picked up oh. through the drum mics. Oh wow! Have you never heard it? I'm going to re-listen to it. Yeah, it's, 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 I think it's just for the last chorus, and he just does his crazy. And if you listen really carefully, you can hear him screaming like yeah. and he picks up through the drum oh, mics. Uh, yeah, there's probably like thousands of mods listening to this now going, What's he fucking talking about? What a load of shit. Um, okay, uh, so for the next track, it's the last song to soundtrack your final meal. So before we get on to what the track is, what mm. would that meal be, Dean? I'm a, I'm a man of simple pleasures. You know, okay. My favourite my favorite food is probably something like spaghetti bolognese. Okay. It could be chili con carne. Right. It's not going to be. It's not going to be too sort of fancy, yeah. fancy pants. It's going to be something, something like that. I, yeah. just, I just like that stuff. But you know, for all the foodies out there, cover your ears right now because sometimes for me, you know, people do get very carried away with food in the, in you know in our lives. Yeah. Uh, but it is a little bit like going to the petrol station and you fill up on your food and then get on with the rest of your life. Yeah. It's not. It's not my life. Yeah actually you know it's a thing that enables me to carry on so so i'm not really i do like eating nice food yeah but I, I can't at the moment maybe in a couple of years when i kind of maybe calm down a bit or something maybe i can just get more into it but uh you know do you feel like because it's, it's really weird i, I heard um I, I, it was a one of the podcasts years ago and, I, and, and it was ricky gervais that was saying like he was just talking about how much weight he put on since his felt days when he was in his band and stuff like that. And he was saying, back then, I only ate for energy. Like I, mm. I ate because mm. I was hungry yeah. and I needed to eat to to get through the day. Yeah. 
Whereas I haven't done that for years. And do you think many people just do that now? They just eat because it's like, I need to eat because, you know, I need to fuel my body. Yeah. Do you think people just seem to indulge it now, don't yeah. they? <laughs> yeah. Well, I do. I think they do. I mean, it's nice to, it is nice to explore. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, I t- I, my, my tongue is a little bit in my cheek when I say it like that, you know, but uh, it's nice to explore. And, sure. and when you find stuff that, you know, whether it's drinks as well. I mean, I've, I'm a convert. Yeah. Just even last night. I mean, gin and tonic for me yeah. when I was growing up was not only a drink that tasted like metal yeah. and I didn't like it. It's like licking a battery, wasn't it? Like licking a battery, but also what it represented was something that I found really distasteful, which was the whole golf club kind of middle class. You know, yeah, really, really. Yeah. But like for me, that was like something that didn't resonate with me at all. Yeah. But through time. And yeah. also through adding uh, grapefruit into it. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Only grapefruit, man. And it, it changes it into a drink that's quite nice. And then I also realised that, um, you know, maybe I was a bit of an angry young man at the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dean's just left his working class ethic roots now. He's putting pineapple in his gin I've and changed. Tonic. I've got all cappuccino kids, you know what I mean? It's all right. <laughs> the, the gin and tonic to me, in, in growing up in the, the sort of late 70s and early 80s, that was the drink that me mum would have a, a glass of, and it was like, oh look at that, mum's having a gin and tonic. We're we're, we're moving up in the world here. It was <laughs> yeah. it was it was a very middle class yeah. drink back then, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, all right. So, what are you going to listen to when you're eating that, Dean? Ah, uh, well. So now, bearing in mind, big night ahead. Yeah, and I think you've got to ease into these things. It's all about pacing yourself. I'm liking how much you uh, thought about and, this, and a bit of depth. You know what I mean? Brilliant. And so this this track is called Easy, and it's by a guy called Andre Laville. Goes under the recording name of just Laville. And well, my friend Neil Barker, who coincidentally I first met when I was DJing here at the Boogaloo Bar, um, he was one of the guests that you know Neil. Just the other day, he was like, "God, Laville is." Probably in the last ten years, he's, he's almost like the best uh, soul singer that's emerged from the UK. Prob- probably, it feels like that. He's mm-hmm. so talented, and once again, it's the early stage of his career. He's going to do a gig at the O'Meara actually on um, I think it's the second of August, and he he's once again he's, had, he's only done a few live gigs. He did one at Paper Dress, the Margate Soul Weekend of last year. Um, but he did a brilliant one at the Borderline. Uh, and that was on a Tuesday night. It was packed. But he's effortless, effortless in his delivery of this soul music. It's real. He's like Luther Vandross or something. Yeah. To look at him, he's a good-looking young guy. You know, he, And then when he sings, it's like, wow, this voice is incredible. And the, the feeling and emotion behind, behind what he does. Um, is released on Acid Jazz Records. Okay. They picked up on him. I think Eddie Pillar, once again, we've mentioned Eddie before, but he's a very much always got his eye on what's going on, and he cited Andre Laville as being a real great prospect for the future. And um, it's starting to come to fruition now. But this track, Easy, is it's kind of got a gospel-y feel to it, but it's really uplifting. And I think, so imagine me there, I've got my spaghetti bolognese on. <laughs> uh, uh, I've got the track on. Yeah. So let's have it. a listen. Okay, she's easy by LaVille. Hello. Easy. Oh. 
Laville. And easy, chosen by today's guest, who is Dean Chalkley. You're listening to the Last Dance Radio Show on Boogaloo Radio. Hit us up on Twitter, Boogaloo underscore radio, Instagram, Boogaloo Radio, email producer Meg at hello at boogalooradio.com or just download the app. Get involved. Right, Dean, your day is starting to run out. Yeah. Um, so you're going to have a. You're going to go out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so, obviously, uh, when you're going to go to where you're going to go, you're going to have some nice headphones on mm. and you're going to listen to a song uh, that's going to soundtrack your walk to to the venue. Now, before we get on to that, I'm going to throw a curveball in here now and you've not had a chance to prep for this. That's all right. You're going out for this last night, right? Yeah. What venue, what DJ, mm. what band? What? <laughs> <laughs> See how I did that then? So, what, what venue... Okay, so in my uh, fantasy world, it would be right. a venue that's got many different floors right. and many different rooms. Okay. And it's got a bar right. as well. So it's all interconnected, right? Right. So, um, but it would be big enough. So it might be somewhere, you know, it's not going to be like a super club. It's going to be somewhere a little bit more kind of like the dome in Tufnell Park. Right, okay. Something like that. That's yeah. how I think it would be. Nice. Actually, did you ever used to go... I'm going to throw this curveball right back to you with a question. Did you ever used to go to the Dirty Water Club? At? The, at the, that was in the, the Dome in Tufnell Park. They had a thing at the, on the ground level called the Music Box. And that's where bands like the White Stripes played. Right. No, I didn't. The no. Dirty Water Club. I mean, it, so that was at that venue. Um, and it's a great, great pub in Tufnell Park in London. It's got a ballroom upstairs. I saw that band, The Monks, there. Right. Uh, 60s garage band that reformed. I'm picturing the Royal Hotel in South End. Oh, well... This is what I'm thinking. Similar. Like a dank little room in there and a ballroom upstairs. It's similar, but bigger. Right. The ballroom upstairs is... is I, I filmed the film Young Souls upstairs. Might play a little track from that in a bit. Yeah. Well, we'll come on to that. But... Um, the the pub itself is is really good. So I like those sort of venues. I like the authenticity of it. The the it's a little bit rough around the edges. Yep. Uh, and yeah, so it would be one of those sort of places where you can go from one room to another and hear different music. Okay. So for me, I think I probably like it when you change when you can change things up a bit. Okay. For example, I love ska music, mm-hmm. but to have a whole night of just ska is probably a bit much for me. Mm-hmm. But I do love it as well. Mm-hmm. So. That's what I mean. So I, I really like to roam from one room to another. And if you go to a lot of mod all-nighters mm-hmm. or all-dayers, things like this, there's always, or soul weekenders, you get that sort of thing. You'll get yeah. the, 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 the modern room yeah. or you'll get the northern room yeah. or you'll get funk room. Yeah. So, so it would be one of those. Um, we could say it's a dome in Tufnell Park. Okay. What, what band are going to play? Yeah. Mm. It would be... That's a tough question, actually. So I'm going to think about that very, very quickly. And so it'll be a collection of all the people that I really like. They've all come just for this one night. I'm not having this, Dave. I'm not having this. You've you've shirked DJ. You've shirked club. You've you've turned it into a super club with loads of rooms, loads of DJs and loads of bands. It's a super show. It's basically, everyone's going to... So here's the one. So I went to the 100 Club one time and they, it was when the MC5 played there. Wow. But... Um, Fred Sonic Smith yeah. was no longer with us, and great night that was because okay. I think Lemmy did a bit, Dave Vanian did a bit, 
it was fantastic. Wow. There was loads of different people stepped up and did uh, a Fred Sonic yeah. Smith. So was it the rest of the round, Kramer and... Yeah. Like, oh, amazing. Yeah. So that was a good one. That was a good one. Would it be like that? Maybe. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm being sort of uh, just sort of quick, quick and honest about it, though, it would probably be someone like Daddy Longlegs. Right. They would, they would jump up. And they're a band from New York. They're out now. Uh, they have pretty uh, rocking band. The lead singer Brian is very evangelical in his uh, delivery, he, a bit like Jack White sometimes mm-hmm. is, you know, in that in that sort of way. But they are coming from a Doctor Feelgood, all oh, right, fast rhythm and blues, um, you know, background or sure. sort of, sort of uh, inspiration. You could say whatever it is. But but they're they're touring touring now. Um, yeah, so I would say them. They're really exciting to see. Well, on the evangelical tip, yeah. who are we listening to on the, on the walk well, to the club then? Well, it's, it's kind of leading on from... Um, it's kind of leading on from the Laville track, in a okay. way, I suppose. So it's, it's a guy called the Pas- Pastor, T.L. Uh, Barrett, and he's, he's also singing with the, the Youth Christ Choir. Now, I'm not a religious person, you know, by, by the sound of it, I am, but I'm not really a religious person at all. But, you know, when something f- makes you feel a way, yeah. you put this record on, it's called Like a Ship yeah. Without a Sail. You listen to this record, and it sort of transports you somewhere, and wherever that is, who knows? I don't know. But it's uplifting. So I'm thinking, I'm sitting there, or I'm walking along, or I'm jumped on a bus or something, yeah. and this is... I'm being magically transported along. Let's have it. Like a Ship by Pastor T.L. Barrett. Oh, literally all we've been doing for the duration of that record is uh well i've been shuffling along in my seat to it because it's absolutely fantastic and i only heard it for the first time yesterday when i was putting the playlist together after uh, dean sent it over um it's special that isn't it it's re- i mean it's really special you, you you feel yourself your arms are going up and yeah. you're shaking these imaginary maracas or something and and it's got a, it's got it all in there even though that's a gospel track it feels like primal scream it yeah. feels like so uplifting and the rhythms it's it's quite complicated the way yeah. the voices interplay with all the piano and yeah. his voice as well it's it and it, it changes gears through yeah. through the track this long track isn't it um and for me i first heard that record i went into a record shop called if which is on darblay street and a the guy there jean claude just said oh you might be you might like this played it and I was like this is incredible it's 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 the actual album like a ship that that I got that on and so um we d- we did this little show a, a little radio show actually it was we broadcast it live from a sandwich shop near where I live we, I called it the, the vinyl appreciation society nice. you know, it's just a little pop-up invited yeah. all my mates to come down pop that record on and that's so that's the first time I ever played that and then um but I think you know, words got out, and everyone's finding that record in their own way. I, I'm sure that's going to appeal to so many different people, and I know, especially now, um, Eddie 
Pillar again. He seems mm -hmm. to be he's coming up in all of our conversations today. But him and Martin Freeman have brought out a couple of albums, and the second one that they brought out called Soul on the Corner. First it, one was more jazz, wasn't that it? That was jazz on the yeah. corner, yeah. And the second one, Soul on the Corner, Eddie, I think on Eddie's side, it's he's included that particular track as well. So that's going to reach a massive audience now. But that was recorded in 1971. Yeah. It's such a great record. So for somebody that goes crate digging and, and looks for stuff that, you know, isn't necessarily being played on the radio mm. or, on, or on TV and stuff, how do you feel about... Have you lost that sort of indie snobbery sometimes you have when you're 18 of when your favourite band becomes popular? You know, do, when you... For instance, this track that we've just played... Like ship, do you want as many people in the world to hear this record? Yeah, I, I do, I do, and there is a reverse to that as well, where you can sometimes find artists that you would have written off necessarily in your mind as being too commercial sure. or things like this, and then you find that they have actually done a, a, a record that is really good in amongst their back catalogue. Yeah, um, like Kiki D, mm -hmm. you know, uh, for example, there's. There's a, there's a track, I can't remember what it is now, uh, there's, there's a track um, that, that she did, um, you know, Paul Nicholas yeah. did a track called Run, Shaker Life, that, that's a great record, Yeah. in amongst all of his pop stuff yeah. as well, so you can, you can... Are we talking Paul Nicholas yeah, from Just Good Friends, uh, yeah. that, that, yeah. that spent the best part of 20 years advertising Farrah's in the catalogue? <laughs> yeah, exactly the same guy. He, yeah, exactly the same guy. He 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 did this track called "Run Shake a Life." I think he recorded it under a different name yeah. as well. And that, and in fact, I used to play that at the Boogaloo occasionally. Mm. So, so that's the thing. But no, I, I I I think that's why we do what we're doing. That's why the people who are listening to this show are listening to this show. It's yeah. not for everyone, mm. as as Andy Weatherall says on he's got a radio show. It's called "Music's Not for Everyone." Yeah, and that's. That's an, another thing that some there are some people out there that don't actually even like music full stop, let yeah. alone the the narrow cor corridors that we kind of sometimes put yeah. ourselves in. So so it's there if you want to find it, and you can. It's collective individualism. Yeah. That's what it is. So if you're everyone feels like oh I like this, I like that, but then when you get together, I I listen to. Uh, WFMU a lot which is a radio station from New Jersey and there's stuff that they are kind of curating or collating together on their shows that are opening up all these other avenues as well so it's really exploring things in a yeah. sonic way but it's more it's much more than that I'm not a person that thinks about catalogue numbers or I've got to have all of this artist's sure. stuff or anything because like for somebody that, that you know that has embraced a lot of mod culture over the years, there is a, an element of elitism in that mod culture, yeah. isn't it? Where people are there fanatical is. for 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 there for, is, for, and, and, and a, a same could be said for the Northern Soul scene with with, a, with records. A lot of scenes, yeah, a lot of scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Pretty much all the yeah. all those sort of scenes yeah. is, is like that. Um, it, it comes back to a sense of care, yeah, and really passion yeah. when it comes down to it. But that can manifest itself into being a bit like the police as well. Like, oh, no, that's totally unacceptable. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Written off, you know, pushed out. But there's, you know, I suppose that's, that's a, there's a lot to do with ad adolescence yeah. in that as well. Completely. Um, people, people finding themselves and um, working out where they fit within society sure. as well. Yeah. 
Dean, you've took your headphones off and you've arrived at the dome mm. and uh, and you walk in. Mm. What's the first track you're going to hear? So, because I've because I've come to the dome mm-hmm. and downstairs is the Boston Arms. Actually. I love how much you've worked this. Yeah, <laughs> no, but that question that you asked me, I haven't really thought of the exact venue, but it works. So, so we're actually downstairs and on the uh, on the pub sound system. Yeah, yeah. they've got they've got Amy Winehouse okay. back to black mm-hmm. and. So I'm walking, I'm walking in, and it's like, wow, because it's a significant night, mm-hmm. Stuart, isn't it? I mean, it's like, of course it is. it's a big night. This yeah. is the biggest night. It's of your all last nights. night, mate. It's the last night. Yeah. And there's this record's on. Someone's clearly channeling yeah. the the essence of this night, and and yeah, so it's on. And th- and this is a, a heavyweight record. When you listen to it, Mark Ronson produced this record. Amy Winehouse, obviously you know, uh, made it. Uh, with, but they also recorded it at um, the Daptone yeah. uh, Studios. And I think Amy was working with members of the Dap Kings yeah. uh, band. So it's really, the authenticity of this record, is, it can't be underestimated. Yeah. It is a, it's the, the sound of it, it's, it's a great, it's a great, yeah. there's a great album. She, yeah. she was brilliant. Yeah. And, Maybe, but I mean, people say that like an off-the-cuff sort of thing. Oh yeah, she, she was amazing. But but if you really do listen to how she sang and she was very, she had a very individual style as well, didn't she? You know, when you listen to her voice, her delivery, what she was saying in yeah. through the lyrics and revealing parts of her life. She yeah, was, she was bearing everything in there. Yeah, way. completely. So, uh, and I, you know, I was. Uh, very lucky to have met and worked with Amy, you know, and and I'm very grateful for that to, to have yeah. met her yeah. and and done some stuff with her. And she was funny. She was. You've, a really... you've taken. I like, don't understate that. Yeah. You've taken some <laughs> iconic photographs of Amy Winehouse. I've 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 photographed Amy on a uh, a couple of times, and mm. she was always really nice, really funny, uh, 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 a kind of so energetic, a ball of a ball of energy yeah. and uh, willing to get into it. And we just, you know, I just, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. And, yeah. and the first, the, the first time she, when she turned, turned up to the studio, I hadn't seen her before because before she, she had the album, um, Frank. Yeah. It? And she, she looked and appeared in a particular way. For that. Yeah. But then when she turned up to the studio, uh, f- for the next album this, uh, bear in mind I hadn't heard that album when yeah. she arrived I hadn't heard it she turned up got out of the cab and she was wearing uh, I think she was wearing like a Fred Perry with some uh, Brace. braces on the jeans and I was like wow and her hair and the makeup and I was like I can I can read you by your I didn't say this to her yeah. but you could by looking at her you could see all of these influences that were you could see the two-tone through. thing you and could see the Ronnie yes, Spector you could see it all of yeah. course and it was there in a in a sort of punky reggae style as yeah. well and she had mixed it up done her own thing with it it wasn't just yeah. recycling old stuff she put it together like that and then to hear the music and sensational yeah. really and I don't think it can be in any way underestimated how important she is and what a vital part of our musical history Amy Winehouse is. Forget all the other stuff, all the media um, 
stuff that surrounded her life and the you know the the, the tragedy within that as well it, she was a creative vital soul that had loads of soul yeah and that's that's what an artist should be judged on that alone yeah. right not not the yeah. the media nonsense no, around and, it and and people's lives inform what they do as well like if you if you look at the greats like mm. amy Billy Holidays. They're, they're, they're not easy lives. Are yeah. they? That people people walk these paths. They they're, they're, they're not easy paths to walk. And but they they it inspires what they do as well. So sometimes it has to be acknowledged that you can't. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Have one without the other either. Yeah. It's not like oh, all of a sudden, just turn that side off sure. and still create this stuff because that is by its very nature authentic and part of the fabric of yeah. that person. What track? So it's back to black. Fantastic. Incredible Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. Uh, I was chatting when, when that was on more about um, Dean uh, photographing Amy, and it got onto you photographing Mark Ronson recently, mm, yeah. uh, who obviously produced uh, that album, and and talking about like when you when you photograph people, you generally have a, a, a playlist. Yeah, on. yeah, that's right. Um, you know, like, I don't really like silence in, yeah. in that situation. Maybe silence. Some can be. Something that you could use as a yeah a slightly uncomfortable tool yeah, or something, yeah. but generally speaking, I I like to the shoots that I do they start off with something in mind and then they go somewhere else. Yeah, and so I think part of that part of the ambiance and the 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 feeling of it yeah enables us to do that. And by by having music on that's that I've selected, so you curate a playlist yeah, yeah, for yeah. each shoot. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. really interesting. Most most often, yeah. yeah. Like I would say, most of the time, yeah, definitely. So how? I mean, obviously, you're 
a lot of your work is musicians. Mm. Uh, and so, so for instance, when you're going to put together a playlist for Mark Ronson yeah. shoot, like, how do you sort of go about setting that? Do you think you want to play him some stuff that you think he might not know that you'd like him to hear? Or I th- Well, I think I'd play... Firstly, I'd, I'd play stuff I want to hear. <laughs> so, right, brilliant. Got, That's the answer I wanted. Because <laughs> I've got to be in the room. <laughs> Fantastic. So, so, but, but the, you know Dean. Dean? Yeah. yeah, selfish Dean. Yeah, yeah. You oh, know. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, but the thing is, but let's be honest, because I'm, I'm setting up as well. So I've got to be like, I've got to get the most of it. And so, but no, the, I think that's the thing is that I photograph people that I admire and even people that I don't know. Yeah. I like to get into their world and, and feel what they, yeah. what's about them as well. So, it, but it could be actors as well. It doesn't, you know, it, it can be all manner of people. It, yeah. could, it can be people in music. It can be people not in music. But to, to, to learn about people and then feel what they what you think they might respond to as yeah. well it's quite it's quite challenging of yeah. course there has been times and I'm not going to say who it was but there has been times when I might have spent all night thinking about that and yeah. making something and then within 15 seconds someone might have said oh can we turn that off and put my album on <laughs> but I'm not going to say I'm not going to say who said that <laughs> but it's kind of funny Brilliant. no but it's funny I really want to just play the next track no. so you can get turn the mics off and I want to know who it is <laughs> but do you know but do you know what that is funny because the exact response that maybe I was like what I've spent all night doing that and that was funny and, no, and so that actually became brilliant yeah because that's a total icebreaker and that's great yeah because sometimes when I'm photographing people we don't get Hours and hours and hours. Yeah. We might do. Some shoots last for days. Some shoots only last for minutes. But if something like that happens, it's funny. And, and I'm like a deconstructivist, I think. Yeah. So it's a bit like, oh, but I made this playlist for you. And you don't, And so, okay, well, that's all right. So let's put, oh, this is good. So, and then I want to know more about sure. that. And actually, it worked out for the best and it became really funny and it was great. Brilliant. Well, let's... Let's toast that with uh, a round of shots. <laughs> and uh, so you're in the club. Yeah. And uh, you're going to go and buy uh, some, some shots. Uh, do you drink shots? I, I'm, I'm partial to a little bit of shot. I might have a tequila. Nice. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a connoisseur. No. Because it could be like one of those things of like, you want some of that? I go, yeah, okay. I'll yeah. Go. Just like that. Yeah. So, but Jägermeister's quite nice. Yeah. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, I think so. Sponsored by... <laughs> other other brands can apply or something. Was, wasn't we? Uh, was I think it? I think we've raised. I've got no idea. <laughs> but, uh, but I like all manner of whiskies as well. <laughs> <laughs> so if you <laughs> um, so, what have you chose to um, uh, soundtrack that, now, that round of shots, mate? So, so this dynamic hit the road, Jack, because okay. it's that night. We're all, we're all hitting the road, really, yep. in some sort of way, aren't we? Yeah. And uh, but did you know? From what I've heard, is Ray Charles didn't write didn't write this record. I always thought he did, but he didn't. Right. He didn't actually write this record. Uh, a guy called Percy Mayfield wrote this record, released it in 1960. And but so so um, Ray Charles's version is a version of that original. Have you heard the original? I haven't. No, no I, don't, I think it's a sort of slower version. But yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna look that. Up. I mean, I, I I just thought that was an interesting little. Didn't know. Thing. I did not know that. No. So it just shows you sometimes versions, they can, you know, uh, they, get, they get in your head and yeah. they become the, yeah. origi- the original, don't they? A- absolutely. Um, 
Let's have it. Yeah. Uh, hit the road, Jack. By uh, not by Percy, not but, by Percy, uh, but by Ray Charles. And, oh, oh, should we also say? Go should for we it. also say that? Um, so the Raylettes were his backing band. I didn't know that. And um, and it's Margie Hendrix who supplied the the uh, vocal. Really? Yeah. So the big the bigger vocal. So. Let's go. Ray Charles, Hit the Road Jack, uh, chosen by today's guest, Dean Chalkley. You are listening to The Last Dance Radio Show, me, Stu Whiffin, on Boogaloo Radio. Hit us up on Twitter, Boogaloo underscore radio, Instagram, Boogaloo Radio. Email producer Meg, uh, hello at boogalooradio.com or just download the app. Dean, you've had a round of shots. Mm. You're in the club. And it's now time to have a dance. What song is going to get you on the dance floor? Well, so the the song that's going to get me on the dance floor is it's a some might call it an all time jazz British jazz dance classic. I'd agree with that. Yeah, uh, first time I ever heard this record. There's a guy called Snowboy. Mark Cockgrove. We love Snowboy. Fantastic percussionist, isn't he? DJ. Yep. You mentioned the South Film Festival. Is his brother involved in that? Paul Cockgrove. Yeah. He's one of the one of the top yep. people in that um, that organisation. Yeah. And so Mark has, or Snowboy, has always um, been a great, great DJ. He did this thing back in the 80s in a wine bar on a Sunday night, I think it was, called Scruples and in, in South End-on-Sea. And that was the first time I ever heard this record. So it wasn't like a big club experience because they were playing it up in up in you know up in London, as we would say. Yeah. <laughs> well, when when would this have been? Well, I think the, the record originally came out in 1975. So I missed, I totally missed the first wave of it. That yeah, was way off my radar. You know, all the, the so, sort of soul fraternity were dancing and loving that record from like 75, 79. It was sort of got a bigger release I believe something was like this that. around the boom of like the kind of the the, the, the gold mine and the lacy yeah, lady and that sort exactly of Chris yeah. Hill soul yeah, explosion yeah, that, gold, that. yeah gold, gold mine in, into yeah. like Kester and yeah. all those big soul events but, but for me it was probably around like 1982 mm-hmm. something around those that that time maybe 84 perhaps mm-hmm. so but that's when I'd got I was like banging to the sort of mod mod thing and then I started to find jazz and bebop and you know, things like Art Blakey. Mm-hmm. Art Blakey played at 100 Club. I came up and saw him play, which was incredible. Um, getting into lots of that, sort of, whether it's Lee Morgan, all the Blue Note stuff, Prestige, all that sort of thing. And then the lat- lat- sort of more Latinized uh, jazz as well, Latin jazz, Afro-Cuban. And it... For me, it all, that was all part of the same thing because when you think about mod culture, it extends way back before the Who and the yeah. Small Faces and the more you could say pop or popular yeah. side of it. That's that's really when it became more overground and um, known by many many more people. The original mod culture began in the late sort of fifties, really, and it was more focused towards jazz modernists, yeah. modern jazz being the thing. So, 
so when I hear expansions, that's obviously a fusion of all that sort of stuff. But yeah, once again, from the opening of this track, it's it's got you, yeah. and it's fast. This is a record that is a long record, yeah. and it's a fast record. We used to come up to Dingwalls on a Sunday, and you see people dancing to this record. I mean, it, bear in mind that's once again that's in the later period. I was speaking to to Mark Cockgrove about this the other day, and I was like, so. You know, they they used to play at Dingwalls. It's not my mind playing tricks yeah. on me, but it was played at Dingwalls, wasn't it? And he's like, yeah, it was. But, you know, it really hit way back in the 70s yeah. is when it really... It's like, well, it's like a bus, though. You get on the bus at any given time. You, whether you get on at the beginning with 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 music, you get sure. on at the beginning, you can get on at the terminus. Yeah. I remember when house music was just emerging. Yeah. I was at the terminus. You know, I jumped on straight away. I loved it. Yeah. I thought, this is soul music. This is the modern-day yeah, extension yeah, 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 of soul yeah. music. Uh, but other people can then jump on at whatever time. So if you're if it's ninety two, you can still jump on that yeah. that house yeah, thing. Yeah. Or now you can jump on it, and it's a different thing as well. Yeah. But it's a it's a, a trajectory, a a, a line, uh, a movement. So yeah, so I probably jumped on this record roughly around eighty two, eighty four, I suppose. Yeah. And uh, I had it really on on an album actually. I'd never had the single, and it was only last weekend just last weekend that I went into a record shop, Alan's Records, which is in East Finchley, yep. literally half a mile from where we're sitting. And it was up on the wall. And I was like, as the 12-inch of it. Yeah. And so I had to have it. I, I, I snapped it right up. Because <laughs> this is a, a, a classic track. And if, if you've not heard it, you're in for a treat. Because it, it, it really is a cool It's got everything. It's, so it's by Lonnie Liston-Smith and the Cosmic Echoes. So it's got that... The, the reason why I picked it as well, you know, uh, you know, you walk into the club, this is on, this is, once again, it's transporting you to another place. Let's have all six minutes of it. Lonnie Liston Smith. We're preparing for our ascension, aren't we? Do you know we are, mate. We're, we're casting we off this mortal coil. We're expanding we're, our minds. We're letting the glow of life <laughs> and the force take us away. That um, that voice you hear there is uh, uh, Dean Chalkley, today's guest of the Last Dance Radio Show on Boogaloo Radio. Drop us a message at Twitter. At, uh, is it still underscore, Meg? I'm, I'm, I'm looking up the little board beside me. For Twitter, it's got Boogaloo, and it's got a gap. And I'm sure there used to be a little underscore on that. It's one of them boards where you yeah. push the letters in. It is, yeah. It's Boogaloo underscore radio. Instagram, it's Boogaloo radio. Or you can email Meg at hello at boogalooradio.com or just download the app. Right, Dean. You've, you've expanded your mind yeah. on the dance floor to mm. Lonnie Liston-Smith and... Basically, the, the night has to have a crescendo. Mm. It has to have that that moment of of hands in the air, eyes rolling to the back of the head, and pure euphoria. Yeah. Well, we've we've expanded our mind. Now we've got a we've got to work this body to to, to the to the edge, haven't we? We've just Fantastic. got to, you know we've got to work it out. Yep. And so 
But we've still got to have a bit of a euphoric moment as well, haven't we? We've got, the, the, as you say, this uplifting yeah. thing. Yeah. And so I think it's got to be the young hearts, a little togetherness. Yeah. Because this is, you could say, like a northern soul track. Yeah. It's, a, it's quite well known. It's, yeah. you know, well known on the scene. And, but it's a hard tune. You know, it's yeah. got that rhythm and beat. Yeah. And, and it's got that, that feeling where the, through all of that comes these voices and it lifts you up. It's good. I, I think when you listen to Northern Soul, I, I think that the, the, the instant emotional response is joy. Yeah. I, it's just joyous and, uh, and it's music that makes you want to move straight away. Like it's, yeah. it's, it, it, it's something that, you know, I'd say I'm a fan of Northern Soul, but I'm certainly not an expert on Northern mm-hmm. Soul. And I know that there's, you know, that that is music that does attract experts and and, and people that yeah. love to train spottery kind of completely. activity. Yeah, yeah, completely. But as you said earlier, you know, I don't know why I sort of cherry picked sort of Northern Soul because with any, I guess we could kind of call Northern Soul maybe a niche scene. You know. It, mm-hmm. Any niche scene, it's full of people that are passionate about yeah, it, aren't no, they? And, and, and collectors and but people can come at it however they however yeah. they want as well. You can you can go to a, a Northern Soul all day or all nighter and not know anything about yeah. the scene or the music. But as long as you go there with an open mind, yeah. and I have to say it's a it's a, it's a welcoming situation. That the we talked about. I'm, I'm glad you asked me that question actually because the dome in Tufnell Park probably about. Two or three times a year, they have an all day uh, there, an Northern Soul all day, and it's so good. It's on a Sunday. It starts yeah. at starts at um, two o'clock in the afternoon, finishes yeah. at ten at night, and you kind of when you walk in there, you just get this energy and feeling of everyone's friendly. You can go and speak to anyone. The music is being played. It, you know, really great selections. Some of it's rare, yeah, but. It's put together loads of different loads of different I, I, DJs. I'll tell you what, and Taylor, fantastic. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here, Go and play the track because Let's I want to pick back up on there because when you said when you walk through the door and you get that feeling, yeah. uh, then I, I want to talk about Young Souls. Oh um, yeah. uh, uh, After we play this track, um, because I think that comes across in in that. Um, so let's let's play the track and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about. A little togetherness by Young Hearts, chosen by Dean Chalkley, my guest today on the Last Dance Radio Show. Right, Dean. I'm going to play a track next because I've just noticed that we've got half an hour left and oh, there's yeah. two tracks left on your on your playlist. Mm. So uh, I'm going to squeeze one in, but um, there, there is a point to the one I'm going to play. But you mentioned walking into a club where there's Northern Soul on and, and that feeling of, 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 of feeling welcome. And, and then we've mm. been speaking whilst that track was on about the, the, the incredible dancing that you will mm. see at, at, at lots of Northern Soul clubs. Um, Young Souls was a, Documentary, so not a, a short film, should not a documentary. You know, if I'm being, what do you, you know, want to call it? I'd say it's a neo-realist. You know, so nice. so it involves it, it involves everyone who's real, yeah, real people, yeah, um, 
who are in the film. But there is a narrative to it that, yeah. that you know, I wrote the, the way it should be. Yeah. But the way that the film was conceived was me thinking I'd like to, like to do something that celebrates the whole world of Northern Soul and it felt like the right time to do it. For me, up to that point, I wanted to do something, but it wasn't quite right, yeah. you know, time-wise and you know, people-wise. And so then I thought, right, who's going to be the main... Who would be the main sort of protagonist in the film? And it occurred to me that there's a guy that I met called Sonny Evans, or Scully, as we call him, and he was perfect to be the main person he danced brilliantly super cool guy super like the nicest guy as well really and and then at the time Sonny was going out with a girl called claire she's in the film so i asked my friend ollie Sonny and claire (laughs) 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 and you know so he's driving his car so it's all real it's all kind of rooted in in real real things and then so i put the word out asked as many people as i could um whether that be online or there's some south end faces in that yeah Yeah. ollie abbott's in it ollie abbott that's right ollie's in it um a guy called matt as well who is um sonny's mate from um brighton but and then so for the big club scenes once again i I shot that upstairs at the dome in tuffle park and I hired it out for a day, spoke to the guy who runs the place. He was super cool and really welcoming of us to be there um, and did the filming there and, and, and around and about. So I filmed some, some of the other stuff in South End as well and down the A127 mm-hmm. and stuff like this. And, but the, the whole film, it's a short film and it's laced together with music. There's only a very small bit of dialogue in it. Yeah. I think you get the, the feeling that it's the story of a night something happens yeah. towards the end of it that is a kind of question and people uh, have mused on what it means yeah. and that's for them to consider and that film which i've watched a lot uh, i think that's available online isn't it well it is online yeah i believe yeah no it is online yeah um but there is a there is a kind of strange story in so far as I've kind of licensed all the thing officially and everything like that. Okay. And it got to a point where to carry on licensing the music was heavy yeah. on a sort of financial side. Sure. So I chose not to not to to carry on with. That. Oh, okay. So, right. but I believe that someone has put it up on okay. like somewhere you okay. know, and things like that. So that also introduced me to a song I'd never heard before. And I guess we've got a kind of nod to Eddie Pilly yet again, uh, uh, who's who features, right? Who's, who's yes, he does. That's right. Um, and so the the, the, the track he's um, uh, by Curtis Lee, uh, uh, "Is She in Your Town?" Yeah, great record. Um, it's a great record, isn't yeah, it? And I yeah. never heard it. And I had to get um, my friend at the time, and I was like, "What, what is this record?" Yeah, and it was like, and it was. Oh, I've got this new thing called Shazam, oh. like, which I'd never heard of, yeah. and it was, it was a few years ago. And it was like, there you go, and I was like, wow, and literally went straight out and, and bought that. So um, I'm going to play this now. So this is um, from uh, Young Souls, from yeah. Young Souls Dean's film, yeah. and this is uh, Ishin, Your Town by Curtis Lee. Curtis Lee, 
Uh, Ishii and Yotan, uh, which was chosen by <laughs> chosen by me, not actually by, uh, <laughs> by by Dean, but it does feature in Dean's film. Um, okay, back to your song choices, Dean. So we've got we've got about twenty minutes left of mm, the show, yeah. and uh, and I know that the next track's uh, a, a monster, and yeah. uh, I think it's quite a long one as well. Um, so this is the song you've left the club. You, you, you've had your euphoria to, to Lonnie Liston Smith, and you've left the club. And uh, you with all your nearest and dearest, and you're you're strolling home, uh, worse for wear from your tequila and your your Jagermeister, um, proud sponsor of uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> bottles in the post, <laughs> and uh, and and so you've you, you've stopped and you, you you're looking back and you're telling stories of fondness of things that you've done and 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 you, 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 there's a big drunken huddle. Yeah. What song? Well, this is a monster record. This is. A massive record. Yep. So it's, once again, by The Who. So they're featuring big time in, in this, not, not intentionally, but yep. just song for song. And this has to be in it. And it's Love, Rain, Oa, yeah. Me. I mean, Love, Rain, Oa, Me. It's like, does he really say Oa, Me in the, film, in, the, in the song? I think it says Over Me, doesn't it? Yeah. But, you know, that's technically what it's called. What a massive song. Mm. When you... Okay, it can connect up to... A film, yeah, Quadrophenia. Uh, but before the film was made, it was an album. It was a, one of the first concept albums. You could say like an, a rock opera. You could yeah. say, I suppose, nineteen seventy-three. It was made um, originally six years before the film was made, and the it's the story of a young mod and him growing up and the people around him, the things he encounters. He's uh, life and he's being being pulled in lots of different directions. I mean, it's called Quadrophenia, so I think originally the the story was more of a cerebral uh, episode that a guy was having, whereas schizophrenic, yeah, type. schizophrenic, yeah. but you know, in but in four ways instead of two. And um, but but when it was adapted to a film, it became more outward. Mm. I think you know that's the, the general view I think uh, but when I first saw the film as that was the first thing that I was that your introduction I, to this yeah I, I, th- I think yeah I think I think so I think I saw the film and then I went and got the album yeah I think that's the way the way it worked out do you want me to ask how old you are Dean I'm just trying to get yeah, a timeline I'm, I'm 51 right okay so that would have been like 1979 right when that when that film come out that would have been perfect for you right yeah <laughs> yeah it was you yeah. know and Around us, in, in, I grew up in South End, and around us were you would hear the, the noise of scooters flying around. This is the second wave of mod yeah, kind of been, happening then. It would have been called the mod revival yeah. at the time. And there are there people that frown at that. Oh, you know, it's not the same as yeah. the original mod yeah. scene. Well, that's true. The mod revival was an adaptation of the original scene but it's a vital still a vital part of it and there you know, was new bands like yeah, secret yeah. affairs and things like that that's right what, what, yeah. it's different again it's different but and i think there was a a, a reaction and a counteraction to that and then you know the, the whole mod scene then developed into acid the acid jazz mm-hmm. scene and all that sort of stuff so it's a, a continuum mm. and it's it's got different different um personalities to itself as well but Around that time, particularly around bank holidays, it's a pretty lively place to be in yeah. South End. I mean, I never used to go down the seafront on a yeah. bank holiday, but it was pretty lively. There was a lot of skinheads down there, a lot of mods, yeah. a lot of people fighting each other. 
a lot of people coming down to South End and then getting immediately sent back on trains. Yeah. And it was pretty, pretty wild. Because a few stops up the, up the train lines, Tilbury, and there was a huge, yeah. uh, huge gang of, of, of quite famous skinheads from, from, from Tilbury that were, were used in the, the Pink Floyd film, The Wall. Oh, right. Um, okay. And that was all I Tilbury skinheads. Oh, yeah, 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 wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were a formidable bunch. And yeah. I'm sure there was, there was it, it, it seems strange now when you look back and, and, because I, I guess now nah, there's not that. Maybe the reason I'm just too old to be aware of it, and but there's there doesn't appear to be huge youth cultures that are that fiercely loyal to the fact that they mm. they're fighting. Mm. It's crazy. It really was. If you know you walk along, and if you've got the wrong shirt on or the wrong shoes on, it's that code. It comes down to code. It's yeah. obvious. Going back to we were talking about Amy Winehouse, there was these codes you could see with her hair yeah. and uh, top. Even the notion of it being a Fred Perry, sure. for example, it, it clearly sort of states something. And so, but I think the eighties, especially, was a highly coded period in time. Yeah. And whether your shoes were winkle pickers or platforms or the the width of your trousers, all these things added up your your hair, the way it was cut. I mean, I used to have. That curtain, that Steve Marriott yeah. style curtains haircut, yeah. and I would do that hair, and it would be like lacquered, and I didn't like going out in the wind or anything. You know what I mean? I was really particular about my hair, Brilliant. man. So, um, <coughs> but uh, I met Steve Marriott one time, and um, with a, with my friends when he came down to Southend to do a gig. He had, a, he had a band called The Packet of Three at the time. He had left Humble Pie and he came down. And that what, was what, to play? Yeah, upstairs at the Dickens Pub, which is opposite South End Central. Yeah, my God, really? Yeah, it was unbelievable. We got there early and, you know, we were the first, first in there and there he was sitting there. How was your curtains? Was it a windy walk or were they no, all right? It was a good walk. I, there's pictures. <laughs> there is a picture. There is a picture out there. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's like me and my mate sitting with Steve Marriott. So just to touch on Quadrophenia a bit as well, um, I, th- I think I'm, I'm, I'm 46 and that film for my generation, and I know for, for friends of mine that are like five, ten years younger than mm. me, it's a gateway film that. Yeah. It, it's, it's so important. Well, it's, a, it's like a rite of passage as well. It really is. It really is. I'm, I'm not going to say it's with, not without its problems because yeah. – I think it reflects a period of time that is not now yeah. as well. There are elements of the film, if you watch it now, that are a bit like, ooh, yeah. uh, that's a bit, yeah. ooh, uh, you can't really, you know, I'm not sure you can say that sort of stuff, really, yeah. and stuff like that. <clears throat> but, but that was a period, it's reflecting a period of, t- yeah. of time, I, I think, that is, uh, certain elements of that have, 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 have subsided now or on the on the wane anyway. Mm. But what it does is it shows you people getting together, uh, a rite of passage, people finding themselves as individuals, but also when you then get together with other people that are like-minded yeah. and you feel a camaraderie yeah. in, that, in that way. And also... It's about music. It's about clothes. It's being about, about being mobile. Yeah, you know, driving around on on scooters. I mean, obviously, yeah. there's stereo. We we could say they're stereotypes now. Yeah. But sometimes stereotypes are there for, you know, they have to come from somewhere. Yeah, of course. Some, somewhere in that way. So, um, you know, scooters with loads of mirrors on, things like that. They yeah. all it, it it can polarize and and get bigger than perhaps 
where it started out, the, the, yeah. the core of it. But um, I think it is a very... Like, there's films like Clockwork Orange, yeah. for example. I saw an advert for Clockwork Orange the other day, and I thought, God, even today, that looks pretty out there. That was a, that was a little clip and, uh, advertising the film. I was like, whoa, this, that looks sh- shocking by today's standards even. you know. And, and it, that, that was as well. And like Quadrophenia, the music... Yeah, Clockwork Orange oh, yeah. unsettles you as well. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's well, w- Walter Carlos or Wendy Carlos yeah. as she is now. Yeah, um, the amalgamation of uh, there's obviously other music in that as well, but but she what she did is brought together all of the um, classical influences, but fused it with an electronica. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's unsettling. It's very, very unsettling. But even if you put something like "Singing in the Rain," yeah, to it gives when you when I think of "Singing in the Rain" now, I don't think of a chirpy song. It's like, whoa, yeah, this is heavy stuff. So, but going back to Quadrophenia, when I hear this track, it feels like the elements are all around you, yeah. and it's much, much bigger than just notes written on a page. I think absolutely. Let's have it. Radio show with me, Stu Whiffin, sitting opposite me is Pete Townsend and Keith Moon. <laughs> In fact, it's Dean Chalkley playing air drums and air guitar to uh, to the end of that record, Love Rain Oh Me, uh, by The Who from the Quadrophenia album. Um, we've got five minutes left and it's your last tune, mate. To yeah. sum it all up, what are you going for? Well, you know, for all that's happened, everything that I've, you know, Whatever I, I think I am a lucky man, and so the clues in the title <laughs> it's the verve Richard, you know, Richard Ashcroft, of course, yes, legend, yes, uh, but the whole band as a as a unit, yeah, functioning on top level at that, yeah. that, al- that album, the Urban Hymns album, yeah, unbelievable. But lucky man, I, I just think it says to me, it's like, well, when older dust settles, yeah. I'm going to take whatever cards you're dealt with and yeah. I'm a lucky man really for whatever whatever and similar to um similar to Amy I've I've had the pleasure of working with Richard as well yeah quite a bit in fact his latest album I photographed the cover for that amazing um natural rebel yeah and we went and saw him over at Olympia the other day and you know he's had some big news as well. He's been in the paper last week and everything. What with checks going to come rolling in? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so win-win situation. Well, you spoke about the strings on some of the Northern Soul stuff earlier, and obviously it was the, the strings and that that, that yeah. were used on Bittersweet Symphony. Yeah, was famously the, the royalties were going to the, the Stones. Stones. Yeah, I think was it the Andrew Luke Oldham it was. orchestra? It was. That, yeah, that was, the, was the thing. But I mean, yeah. Well, Richard, you know, he comes from Wigan. Mm-hmm. He? which is he Wigan Casino mm. being yeah. one of the big meccas for Northern Soul. Their homecoming gig at Hague Hall um, around the time of this album was one oh, of the yeah. greatest gigs I've, I've, I've ever yeah. seen. Uh, well, well, when when the Verve, the Verve have reformed a few times, yes. and I, I went on tour with them when they reformed um, for the last time, when they just yep. before they released Fourth, yep. the album. Then they played the um, small show at the Rand House oh. as well. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's that right. Yeah. That was a great, yeah, yeah, great gig. But they, I think that year they played Glastonbury as well, didn't yeah. they? And funny enough, that day I, well, so I was due to go on tour of them, and I got got up in the morning and I banged my toe on the, the, this sort of um, box that was under the bed, and I was like, "Gee, oh my <laughs> God!" And Amanda, my girlfriend, she was like. What's the matter? <laughs> and I was like, I think I've broken my toe. <laughs> I can't walk. Oh, and really? So, and I was like, she's like, I think, I think if you broke your toe, you'd know all about it. Yeah. So you'd be, be right. And then it's what, so I went to the doctors and they said, no, you've broken your toe. <laughs> and, but I just strapped it together because how could you not go on tour with the Verve yeah. when they're reforming? With and McCabe? The, yeah. Amazing. And the first gig was in the East End of uh, Glasgow. Yeah. In this old theatre up there. And, that was fantastic. Really, it, when they walked out, whew, yeah. it was like something you never th- thought you'd ever see yeah. again. Um, oh, but I just, I just think they're all, they're all such brilliant musicians in their own right. Yeah. Each one of those musicians, Absolutely. Pete is brilliant. Rhythm Simon, section in the verb, yeah, unbelievable. Fantastic, really. And uh, greatest names for albums as well. A Northern Soul, oh, yeah. Urban Hymns, yeah. they're great yeah. names for records. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that really nail it. Yeah, like for for a title, yeah, never let it be questioned that them two albums that Verve put out that that's soul music, and also he's sporting the old uh, as you call it nowadays like a bucket hat. Yeah, you know, front cover of Urban Hymns totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Good, looks like now anyway. Yeah, completely, so, um, completely. Yeah, Dean, it's been an absolute pleasure. My pleasure too to be here with you both actually in the studio. Thank you very much, mate, and. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. And, yeah, let's finish with uh, Lucky Man, uh, as chosen by Dean, by The Verve from Urban Hymns. Thanks ever so much, mate. Thanks a lot. Sorry, I've butted in yet again. I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine. It's called Pod Bible. Now, Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify and Acast, and it's a one-stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about, but definitely about a load of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's... Interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, um, there's features on Jade Adams, and there's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes, so if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code, and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. It means stew with him.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 